Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse Eight. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse Eight and Kate will break it down for you now. <laughs> Sorry. What? <laughs> Okay, no, no, I'm being right. serious. Right. All, right, all right. This is a serious podcast. Very serious podcast. I don't know if you're not taking this stuff. seriously. Yes. All right, all right. Hey, Kate. Yes. What? <laughs> you're already laughing. I haven't even started. I'm sorry. I have not even started. Okay. What do you call a fish with ten eyes? I don't know. A fish. You get it? It's so, so dumb. It's so stupid. It's so dumb. <laughs> but like it, it works. I like it. I love it. That fish. is a... It's a fish. <laughs> so stupid. It doesn't we even sound like We just lost like, like 20 the listeners right there. Just no, like, I think we gained 20 listeners, my friend. <laughs> How does that work? I'm not sure. It's science. It's That's science. <laughs> that You can't argue with that because that's science. Uh, I'm Betsy. Okay. And, uh, and this is Fuse 8 and Kate, the podcast where we talk about fish. <laughs> that was literally from, like, my, my daughter's, uh, joke book, and she was just going through the jokes, and they were all lame, and then she got to that one, and we just burst out laughing, because it was just that much funnier than all the other ones in there. But that much can be a huge difference. I, I only know really one joke. What's your one joke? Uh, what do you call, uh, uh, Batman leaving a church? What? Christian Bale. <laughs> there you go. I love the I love the two second or the one no, and a half second like pause. The, I was like huh? In that in that oh. second you've got the I don't get it. Oh, oh. very nice. Fish. Now I've got I have a bunch I have a bunch. I wanted to do like a big involved one, like a big joke that like had like a beginning, a middle, and end and like a climax and, and, and character development and everything like that. But I decided to go with the fish instead because... <laughs> well, this isn't a joke podcast. What are you talking Oh, well, what kind of podcast is this? It's a children's literature podcast. That's right. That's right. I like how I'm trying to make it sound fancy. That's right. Liter- literature. We talk about... The literature. The great works. The extended literature. The findings of... Everyone from Silverstein to yes, the Great Works. Yes. As Walter de la Mare once the said, only the rarest kind of best is good enough for our children. <laughs> I become I become uh, Winston Churchill. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Where are your jobs? <laughs> Eventually, it just yeah, it just disintegrates. the Nazi. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, we talk about, uh, picture books, specifically. Right. Yeah. To heck with the novels. And, uh, we determine if they are good or bad. Yeah. Yeah, because we are the experts. Well. Sure we are. By this point, you are getting a fine education in, in, in Mm. picture book literature. I don't know. 
I'm pretty sure I've forgotten about 30% of the books I've read so far. That's right, but you can go back and listen to our podcast if you ever want to. And this is great because it means we'll never end because I can just recycle the old ones. Yeah, pretty much. And we can just redo all these episodes. I wonder if I would give the same rating for some of these books. We, you know, that would be a good special episode. Like I don't, it? like I don't remember what I gave Millions of Cats. I just remember that's. The we book. were in a basement that was very dank, yeah. uh, and and there was a James Kennedy in the room, so yeah. it it could well be. Oh, and you never saw a physical book right. of that one. We actually had to give you, I had to like, that you one. had to YouTube that one. Yeah. yeah. So it, you might have a very different reaction uh, if you actually had the book in front of and you. And all I remember is that there's a cat that eats millions of cats. That's correct. That's all I remember. It's a horror show. Yeah. Yeah. But not bloody. No, not at all. Mm, weird. <laughs> Like a episode of Black and Mirror. And I just I just remember cats. like little bits of books, like the Lonely Doll that had uh, spanking, and uh, that was literally the only thing anyone remembers. And the Lonely the Doll. little house had nudists. Like I don't. That, really... Nobody <laughs> remembers that from the little house. So you see, you gotta go. <laughs> I'm sensing a theme. I remember the important things. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, what the heck did <laughs> In the Night Kitchen do for you? I have to say. Oh, uh, that was nudity too. Yeah. yeah. Well, today's book uh, has nudity. Oh. But only of animals. But well, they the animals wear no clothes, so Meh. so it's not really going to do it for you. But clothing, I'd say, is a very key part in some ways of some parts of this book, and we're going to pull it out. Oh wow! Blueberries for sale by Robert McCloskey. Yes, that's right. Have you ever heard of this book? I, yeah, I, I feel like I read it as a kid. I couldn't tell you what it's about, but I recognized the cover page and the title. All right. Actually, let me clarify. I don't recognize the cover page. I recognize, like, the imagery. Yes. I couldn't tell you, like, what was on the cover of it, but uh-huh. now apparently it's a kid that has my hairstyle. Oh, yeah. You guys are boy. Yeah. Maybe like, you should go for the sal look. How do you feel about overalls? <laughs> you know, it's been a while. <laughs> sure has. But I think I'm an Osh- I'm Oshkosh kid. All I'm right. An Oshkosh Bagosh well, kid. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't want to grow up. I'm an Oshkosh Bagosh kid, right? Because uh, Oshkosh Bagosh has a way with O S H K O S. Keep going. S H J. Yeah. I know how these songs go. I got a brain. I got a tune. You can dance to it. Uh, yes, this, this is Blueberries for Sale. Now, I will warn you, uh, it is a misleading book. Uh, it's a little, little bit on the long side, so you might have to take a little... It's not Eloise long. It's not an epic novel It's not if I ran the zoo so- no, long. Okay. No, 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 no. But it is, it is a book where if... Oh, let's just take a hypothetical situation and say you were a new children's librarian and you were doing one of your very first story times for three-year-olds and you thought this would be an appropriate book to do. Uh, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. You Not want, that that's based on anything. You want to know a fun fact about blueberries? What's that? If you peel them back, they're green. They're green? Yeah. Are they green when they're growing? Like before they're ripe? I don't know. Are they? Yeah. Oh, well then that's why they're green. We used to go blueberry picking all the time when we were kids. I don't remember what they look like growing. I remember what they look like in my mouth. Like they're green, <laughs> and then they're red, and then they're blue. They're red? Yeah. No. I all don't. right. <laughs> Failed trip. No, it's too late in the season. <laughs> All right, failing that, take this book, which will not show you any color other than blue, and and, uh, uh, and yellow and white. I'm not even sure the yellow makes it into the book. Really? The yellow made the cover, but I think it's just blue. I'm gonna go read this. Thank you. Okay. While Kate does her reading, I've decided to uh, bring you a couple sweet words for a sweet, sweet book. 
Uh, let's do a little background check here. Let's let's go to Leonard Marcus's book, The Minders of Make Believe. He actually has a section in that book on Robert McCloskey that sums up the man who created this book rather well. He says, as May Massey's protege and the son-in-law of Newbery Medal winner Ruth Sawyer, so right there, McCloskey, his genuinely modest Midwestern manner notwithstanding, was as close to being picture book royalty as it was possible to come. Now later uh, in other books, uh, for example, like uh, Children's Literature, A Reader's History from Aesop to Harry Potter by Seth Lehrer, uh, he offers this consideration of the book. Blueberries for Sal shows how we select the sweetness in the world and how adventure, little Sal confronted with a baby bear, can resolve itself through taste. Delicious. And we're back! Yes. And that didn't take too long. No? No! I was reading a book. I might have lost track of time. Oh, well, I spent a good five minutes trying to research this stove. Oh, to see if it, on the end papers there. Yeah, because it, I can't tell if it says gourmet, gourmem. I I tried everything huh. to see. Like I've never noticed that the stove says anything whatsoever. It's just a yeah, what, a, wo know, a wood burning stove. Yeah, right? I wanted yeah. to know if this was a real thing, and I got nothing. So. I'm going to assume it is because who would make that up unless it's some inside joke that he's including in the art. But he doesn't strike me as an inside joke kind of illustrator. I'm not seeing a lot of nudges there, though there is one inside thing with this book, I will say. Uh, it is very Maine. He loves Maine. Huh. He's all about the Maine. He wrote a picture book called One in Morning in Maine. So, uh... Really? Yeah, so this is a Maine book. Oh. I've never been to Maine. Nor have I. <laughs> you, Quickly, I think about that. You, is that true? I think you've been to Maine. Have I been to Maine? I think you went there for a wedding. Oh, that's right. There were, like, cranberries and crabs and stuff. Right. Yeah, okay, I got you. Yes. Yeah. I have been to Maine. <laughs> and I um, can tell you such things about it. Oh, the things I could tell. I bet. They bowl there. Anyway. Yeah. Anywho. I'm just really surprised that this is a very clean kitchen for canning blueberries. There's no spills anywhere. Especially when you have a child that young. Right. Nothing on the stove. Yeah. Nothing on the table. Well, look at that woman. Look, that is a Donna Reed-esque woman. Her number one goal is cleanliness. And she is going to, I mean, especially with canning, because you do not want any germs getting into that those canned materials. So but, next to godliness, that. Oh, but yeah, look at all that sugar. But it's interesting. She's got the canister of sugar out. Yeah. And she's got the bag of sugar yeah. out. Yeah. So do you think she was like in the middle of filling up the canister and then got distracted? And... Or she's just gone through all the canisters and now has to go to the bag because... That's it's a lot, lot of bringing a lot of sugar, lot of sugar to sugar? make to, to can your blueberries. Does it? Person is speaking right now who knows not of which she speaks. So yes, Kate. We oh. all know it takes a ton of sugar, as these end papers have taught me. Well, it looks like this was set in like the fifties. Uh yes. This book came out in nineteen forty eight. So basically. Okay. Yeah. The basically the fifties, yeah. Um mm -hmm. judging by like the car, the mm -hmm. mom's hairstyle. Yeah. But I really like the fact that Sal is a girl, a little yes, girl, yes. and she's not dressed in, like, a dress with a bow in her hair. Like, she's a very androgynous child. M and many have speculated that that may be a contribution to why this book is so popular, um, because she is so androgynous that 
Sal could be for Salvador, or, you know, it's it's even in a, an androgynous name to a certain extent. Could be Sally, could be Salvador. So that those kids um, that would not, that would usually eschew a book uh, starring a girl would not do so in this case because Sal could be anyone. Yeah, you yeah. only really know because it says her mother. Right, exactly. Her small tin pail. But she's wearing gender neutral overalls, so. Yeah. Yeah, she could be anyone. Yeah, so I like that. Yeah. I also totally relate to Sal because this is the exact same thing I would do. Yeah. One for you, one for the fan. <laughs> two for me, two for my mouth. Blink, blink, Three blink. more for my mouth. All of them in my mouth. <laughs> now, yes, all the ones from the pail that I just put in the pail, look, they're in so much easier my mouth. into the mouth. Yes. Apparently that's how mom used to shut me up as a kid when yeah. I would start crying. Pop some blueberries in there? Pop blueberries in my mouth. Yeah. Oh, it's kind of the world's Still most perfect Still works, food. my friend. Yeah. Still works like Antioxidants. a Antioxidants. Well, this is true. When I was last at your home, you pulled out some frozen blueberries. Yes. And I popped those in my mouth. You know, something that I checked on pretty much every single page that the mom was on mm-hmm. was, can you see a wedding ring? Oh! And in every single page, it's hidden. Well, that's interesting. The closest you get huh. is at the very end uh-huh. on page 49. Oh, she has look, her but even that, her. but even that the angle is such that it's exactly. more like, yeah, you can't actually, there could be a wedding ring there, but the way that she's... But Every, you can see her right hand perfectly in many pages. What is up with that? Oh, wait, no. This is her oh, left no, hand. Oh, no, no. That's her left hand, and I am oh. not seeing a ring. She's no, so she's not married. Yeah. Well, except she's got such a small child. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe she took it off. No. no. I'm trying to think of any reason why she would take it off. Because canning requires no jewelry but, on the but hand. But she's not no. canning at she's this point. She's not canning. She's just picking freaking blueberries. Where's her ring? Where's so, your ring, Mom? So we got a single sassy mom. Okay. With her androgynous child. I Why love not? It. Why not? Get it, girl. Sure. <laughs> there, There is a sequel, but I don't actually know if there's a man in that sequel. So there you go. I love it. Huh. I like that she's not married. Yeah. And has a child. She's well, sure. She's supporting herself. Hey. She's got... Yeah, she's got... A, clearly, she's supporting herself because she is doing this so that they will have food over the winter. She might even sell some of these canned blueberries. Yeah. She's found a place to find free freaking blueberries and it amuses her child at the same time. It is infested with bears. So maybe not the safest place to bring your child, but uh, might be worth it. <laughs> Somehow this book turned into Are You My Mother? <laughs> Except without asking other the question, it's more like, Are You My m- Oh, no. Yeah, well, it's oh, a very, no. it's a very quick. It's a very quick answer, as opposed to "Are you my mother?" which just drawls on. Yeah, it's a very quick. Are you my mother? Nope. No. Moving on. Next. Are you my mother? Meh. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's more like <laughs> close enough. I hear a sound behind there. It's not "Are you my mother?" It's "Is that my mother?" Yeah. Because they cause they hear things and they keep following the things they hear and they keep finding that they. Are I gotta mother, say but, though, but they I, never freak out about it. So there was a listener who asked what kind of art I like. Yeah. And I said realistic. Yeah. I like the art in this book. Yeah. This was real pretty. The 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 nature and I love the bears and the mountains mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, to answer the question as to what the color of the art is, it did occur to me. I am wearing right now a blue and white striped shirt, and it looks black in your light. So this is a oh, dark, I, deep blue. Yeah, book. I yeah. took this under a light bulb okay. directly yeah, and yeah, looked, yeah. and it is it a, is blue. It is a it is printed blue. It is printed in a deep blue. Yes, which is clever. Um, I I got to the point 
of the book where so right so in case people haven't read it they the mother and child go out to pick blueberries they get separated um then there's a mother bear and her cub eating blueberries Mm -hmm. for the winter and then they get separated Mm -hmm. and baby bear goes with human mom right and human child goes with mom bear Mm -hmm. and at the point where <laughs> Mother Bear turns around and realizes that yeah. there's a human child behind her, mm-hmm. I thought, oh, at this point, little Mother Bear turned around to find Sal and discovered that Sal would be much more delicious for gathering up food, fat for the wintertime than blueberries. Look, logically. Mother Bear's, <laughs> little Bear's mother ate Sal and was full for the winter. <laughs> the end. This is a logical thing to think. I, I, I recall reading once a teacher uh, reading aloud this book to their, her students, and she gets to the sequence of the mother bear turning around and seeing Sal, and the kid in the audience going like, uh-oh, that's the end of Sal. Right? <laughs> and it's like, that would be the logical conclusion. Because the one thing that mother bear is doing right now is eating anything that she can to get, just to get food fat, in yeah. her fat in her belly, and yes, a, that a human child, right? I'm telling you. And these are what these are. Well, these are black bears, though. Black bears are, as opposed to grizzlies, they are less aggressive. Betsy, um, let's be clear. They're midnight blue bears. Okay. Oh, good point. <laughs> these are midnight blue bears. And then, well, and we do know that Sal would taste delicious. She is full of blueberries. Right? <laughs> exactly. She probably tastes like blueberries. It'd be like a nice filet mignon with mm-hmm. like a blueberry glaze on top, you know? It's like, it's like Violet like Beauregard Mwah. from Willy Wonka <laughs> in overalls. Mm-mm, good. It's just one big blueberry. <laughs> Do you think Sal, some little bear's mother says, this is not my child. Where is the little bear? Do you think Sal understood the bear saying this? I don't think so. Or do you think the bear is going... (laughs) Well, little Sal's expression is a little hard to read in this scene. It seems to be a vague sense of disappointment that this is not her mother. It is not fear. It should be fear. Little Sal should be taught to fear. But little Sal seems to have not gotten to that point and is just like... The only thing in her mind at this point simply seems to be, oh, this this is not my mother. I don't know. It looks like Sal is offering her three blueberries to the mother. That's very that's very nice of you to think. I think little Sal is just like, oh, is that my mom? And he's going to reach in and eat those three blueberries because yeah. this is little Sal we're You know who about. little Sal looks like? Who'd she look like? Little Macklemore. You know the rapper Macklemore? <laughs> I looked at this and I was like, oh, oh that's Macklemore as look, a kid. It's a moment in the universe where someone has said something that has never been said before. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to take this moment and I'm going to enjoy it. There. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's no hum- no human being. Look, Macklemore reading this to his children would not think that. Okay, so that's amazing. That that's face, amazing. That face is Macklemore. That picture saying. is an unflattering shot of little Sal. I must say that is not her at her best. Her hair looks super strange. Also, there's a grammatical error on this page. What? It bothers me. Please show me. There's not a space between the quotation mark oh, yeah. and she. That's a printing error. That's that's not grammatical. That's printing error. I'm gonna I'm gonna lay that one on the copy editor. It bothers me. I understand. It like I it, feel your pain. It really bothers me. I can't look at it. it oh, it like look. I'm gonna I'm gonna reach over and turn your page for you. Okay. There you go. Make it make the make the bedding go away. So 
when when we get to the part where mother yeah. discovers that there's a bear behind yeah, her. Yeah, I got an issue with this part, but go on. Yeah. Um, she turns around. Uh huh. And then it says, she, you know, she was old enough to be to be shy of bears, even very small bears like little bear. Then she turned and walked away. No, no, no. First of all, you are not shy of bears. No. You are petrified of bears. Especially so- little ones. We have, well, we, who, who lives in and where there are bears and doesn't know? You see a baby bear, yeah. you run the you look freaking at her, heck away. You look at her face. Yeah, her face is accurate. That is not a face of, I'm shy. Yeah. That's a face of, <gasps> no! No, that's a terrified look. And I'm pretty sure she books it. But yeah, at the same she time... Does, she does not... Walk away. No, yeah. no, 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 no. She's going to run and see if her child is still alive or right. if her, if this little cub's mama has and eaten, eaten her, child. her child. Which logically the answer would be, it oh, should yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, she hasn't heard anything. And But I don't know how well sound even carries here because they, they hear sounds, but they can't seem to like identify what kind of sounds they are. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, I, and the question is, which way does she run? Because clearly the child was behind her at some point, and if she's running forward, how is she hoping to find, or was she traveling in circles while she was picking berries? Do you think that little bear chasing after the mother, do you think the little bear would catch up and, and eat her? Oh no, little bear is way too small. She could take. Know. She could take little bear. How, how, she's got a heavy bucket full of blueberries. Right, she's gonna whack the heck out of that bear. I know. If she's she's running, got a weapon in her hands. If she's running with well, those she's running, bears. but a bear can't. A baby bear can't catch up with a full grown human. So? Running? No. How fast could a little bear run? Oh, okay, readers, <laughs> listeners, <laughs> listeners. If you know how fast, on average, a baby bear can run, I no way. Even with four legs, they're, I, they're not as fast as a dog. I, I think I think the mom, especially with that wide skirt, she's got she's got some room to to stretch her legs know. a bit. It's again, but she's yeah. I, I about, find her inadequately terrified for the sake of her child. I'm yeah. all about the logistics in this. Book. Yeah, yeah. Hey, she's wearing practical clothes. I love that cardigan, by the way. I kind of I think I own that cardigan. Yeah. I don't know, it's a little bulky by the sleeves. It is, the and, the, and the skirt is not flattering, but it gives you a lot of room to run away from bears, and that's what you need. Yeah. She's not wearing heels either. No, she's not. This is very practical. Well, she's climbing up freaking mountains. Right. But she finds her child who is kerplunking blueberries into her pail. Yeah. And Mama Bear finds little bear, you know, eating blueberries in a bush. Mm-hmm. And the bears go down one side of the mountain and the humans go down the other side of the mountain. Hopefully vowing never to return to a place that is infested with bears. Yes. And then they can their blueberries in a they perfectly do. clean kitchen. I appreciate this because Little Sal is clearly not helping at all. Uh, she is taking the metal rings that will be used on the tops to seal the cans and has strung them on her arms like bracelets. Like along a child with would. No, it's completely... The most, this may in some way be the most realistic image in this. And it's all very realistic. But uh, that is the most realistic image to me in many ways. And I like the two cats. Wait, where are the two cats? Oh, you kind of look like the millions of cats cats. Yeah, those are kittens. Yeah. She's got two little kittens there. Yeah. Who will have no interest in the blueberries whatsoever. But I really like that stove. I want to know if that's a real stove. It looks super it, real. It's really hard to see. It could be Carmen. I mean, it, may, it looks like a G, but it, it could be a C. And then, but it, does it end with an M? Does it end with an N? It's got to be an N. I don't know. Otherwise, it'd be Garmem. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't know. There I you go. Know. 
Yeah. So yeah, Robert McCloskey. You may know him from such books as Make Way for Ducklings, which we have not covered yet. Nope. Nope. So that's no, a... you don't know him at all. Nope. That's a thing that exists apparently. Yep. It is. <laughs> uh, so this book came in at number 31 on the top 100 picture books poll, hmm. uh, thereby testifying to the fact that it's well known and people like it and I, they read it. I mean, at least I've heard of this. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. for sale. And you heard of that last one and it was much higher on your list. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll get to that. But yes, um, it does have a sequel. This book, not the last book. Well, actually, the last book had a sequel too. But this book has a sequel that nobody talks about. Uh, it's called in. It's called One Morning in Maine, uh, where Sal has grown to an age where she can lose a tooth, so she's much older uh, in that case, and she does in fact lose said tooth. Uh, and then she and her family go clam digging. That's super. It. That's that's the long and short of it. There are no bears, but there's coming clams. to beget salmon or anything. There's clams, <laughs> and they do not eat her. So. I'd say it's a successful journey all around. Yeah, uh, that sounds kind of boring. Well, it, and it is completely forgotten. So, uh, not completely forgotten. Some people really love it, particularly people in Maine. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty much all there is to say about it. I know, which is kind of strange, because usually I have all these, like, facts about the book that we are reading. It won, the, um, uh, it won a Caldecott honor, which is a good thing. And it was out of print recently. Like, maybe ten years ago, it was completely out of print. It was, and that's kind of rare for a picture book classic to, to come back into print. The edition that you are looking at is the reprinted edition that uh, Viking finally got around to putting out. But I can't tell you the year because they didn't print the year on this edition, which I'm realizing... As I'm looking through the book. <laughs> but we know it came out after 2003 because it says that that's when he died. But yeah, I don't know exactly when that happened. Anywho. Ratings? It's, it's time for ratings time already. I have so little to say about it. And it's too bad because it's it's a good book. And there's lots to look into. But it's pretty straightforward all said and done. So, is it a classic? While you're thinking about it, I, I just realized something that I never noticed before. And this is kind of rare. At the very beginning of the book, Sal and her mother are looking right at you. Hmm. And that's kind of not common in these books where there's a story taking place. They don't usually like... But here's Sal holding her mom's hand. She's clearly very young. And she is looking dead on... They're both looking dead on at the reader. Which is a very interesting invitation. It's the very opening of the book. What's your rating? So, this book... Reads aloud, not to a group particularly well, though I know some people will do it with kindergartners and older kids. Uh, younger kids do not do it. It's so freakishly long. Um, or at least it feels that way. It's like, this is the longest book man has ever produced. Uh, but if you read it one-on-one, -on -one, it does not feel particularly long. And it's awfully satisfying to read because of the blink, blank. Blunk, which is the, the exact sound, the kerplunk sound, which kaplink, kaplink, kaplunk, which really is the sound of blueberries hitting the bottom of a tin pan. Uh, tin can. Pail? Pail. I'll yeah. go with pail. <laughs> yeah. Pan. Tin pan pail. <laughs> yeah. Um, in Tin Pan Alley, yes. Uh, so it reads aloud beautifully. I like that they. it's that dark blue because 
It gives you the impression that there's color when there's really not a lot of color, um, but it doesn't feel stark the way that a black and white book might have. The art is, as we say, beautiful. I mean, look at that rock. Yeah. That, that Sal's look. That's, that's a killer rock. Um, and I so... like how realistic the bears look, but not so realistic that you're scared. Yeah, they're not anthropomorphized, but they're also but they're not, not cartoony. They're, they're not cartoony, but they aren't strict bears. I mean, they have emotions on yeah. their faces. Well, yeah, the eyes more... are the eyes are very expressive. Yes, the eyes, uh, yes. That's a good point. It's the eyes mostly that are the most expressive. But at the same time, they're clearly bears uh, at right. work here. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to give it a 6.5. I was going to say a 6.75. Okay, we have a problem. We are getting too close in our ratings <laughs> these days. Last time we hit it on the nose I, together. I couldn't. I couldn't commit to a seven. Yeah, I couldn't quite commit to a seven. That's why I did point seven five. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you were a little higher than me. I did not expect that. I'm because glad. I because I like the art. Yeah, I really do like the art. Um, I mean, I kind of wish Sal got eaten, but I understand that probably wouldn't be good for kids. <laughs> Back in nineteen forty-eight, you. I mean, I was going to say it wouldn't be a huge selling point. It's not like it had never happened that the protagonist was eating, but the tone is all wrong I think for you it. should award points to whoever can name what kind of car it is that she drives. Because right. There's, there's a drawing of it. I'm just curious what kind of car it is. I think I'm going it, to say a Studebaker. I don't know if they actually were called Studebakers. Is there a running board on it? I believe there has to be, right? Oh, and I gotta check. Oh, I can't see because it's hidden behind this. No, I guess maybe it's not. I'm not seeing a running board. Hence my Studebaker. And there's thing. no uh, hood ornament, so it's hard to tell. Yeah. So yeah, I want I want so whoever can name what kind of car that is. I want them to have all the points. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's a big challenge, people. We've never given away all the points before, so you will be in first place if you can answer Kate's question. The competition is on. And the best part is that there's no right answer. What are you talking no about? There's, there's They'll no. get a cookie then. Really? From, no, from I don't someone. Know, from someone. A not blueberry us, cookie? But yeah. It's a, it's a... A blueberry muffin? Sure, there you go. Yeah, blueberry yeah, pancakes. A virtual blueberry Belgian waffle. Okay. All right. So this is a classic. It's a classic. Hey, yeah. lovely classic. Which is book. good because like I remembered the title and I was like, I really hope I wasn't read something really crappy as a kid. Yeah. No. Well, <laughs> and it, boy, it happens all the time. But no, I like this. I like it too. I mean, I like the drawings more than the story, but the story is it's it's and you can cute. tell that I like it because I actually do read it to my kids. I mean, we have a lot of classics in my home that occasionally will get read. This one gets read more often than a lot of the other ones. Maybe if the story had something a little more to it, I could give it a higher rating, but it just... Yeah, there's not a lot going on, but that's okay. Yeah. I mean, the threat of bear attack, right there. It doesn't have to happen. It's just that undercurrent of fear. Yeah. Keeps it going. Okay. Keeps it smooth. <laughs> that's why we love it. All right, letters oh. time. Right. And oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. We did ask it and we did receive it. So we had two questions on our last podcast. And now, if you'll recall, the last podcast was what book? Caps for Sale. Well, sir, well said. Uh, our two questions were, number one, this had nothing to do with the book. Uh, should this podcast have a Twitter account Oh, a web presence in some way, like a website or an Instagram. We got some responses on that one. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, there was 
And you're going to have to forgive me, people, because when you make your little old uh, Twitter handles, they're sometimes hard to pronounce. Shadow Broker. <laughs> There's a three in there, though, so it's Shadow Broker. Uh, she... <laughs> Hold on, can you do it one more time? Come on. Do it one more time. Shadow Broker. <laughs> Three or three. There's a three in there. I don't know where I would pronounce okay, it. Okay, I love this. Apparently, person. no one has ever pronounced this in their life. Uh, she says, and it's unfortunate because she says that we're the only podcast she follows. That's awesome. It is very awesome. That's so sweet. I hope she writes all the time just so you can say her Twitter handle. I pray she never writes again. <laughs> uh, she says she's all for it uh, for us to have both those things now. Uh, Stephanie, the third sister, yep. uh, wrote in. She pointed out that because I have my blog, we don't really need a website. But that a Twitter account would make a lot of sense. I agree. Yeah. So perhaps we will do that thing. Perhaps in time for the next episode. Oh, we'll find out. Interesting. It does make sense. Yeah. And some of these people made lovely hashtags for us, so. And yeah. I feel like an Instagram account would make sense, too, because. It would, because then we could put the picture, the interior shots that I put in the blog post there with the problem. I guess we could do them individually with snarky commentary. The problem, I, the thing I don't like about Instagram is that when you put a bunch of photos together, you can only do one, you can't do individual captions for each one. You have to do one caption for the group. Yeah. But we could, in that caption for the group, say, picture number one, picture number two. So I don't know. There's a bunch of different ways you could do it. Maybe we could see how other podcasts do their Instagram accounts. Other podcasts do Instagram accounts? Maybe. Okay. It's a possibility. Let's steal away. Betsy talks out of her ass. All right. <laughs> Moving on. The other question that came up was, do only librarians remember caps for sale? The answer is yes. Moving on. Oh, no, 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 madam. What? Madam, no. Come now, on. Now, the one problem with these answers is that nobody identified what their jobs were. So, but, but, but. I'm going to go with either but. librarian, English teacher, teacher, Oh, well, let's count because, he, okay, I'm going to bring up some. All right. School library. So first there was Missy. Missy says she remembered it from Captain Kangaroo. Now that's wow. interesting, isn't it? I know. Okay, fine. That's a flashback. Technically, I grew up with Captain Kangaroo as well. So you see, we, we youngins can still remember. Okay, I'm 40. And I was at the tail end. But, well, but and you didn't mom, have to be, like, it wasn't a requirement of Captain Gagaroo that you're going to grow up and, and become a librarian. your mom was a teacher. I'm just saying there's, like... Well, my mom was an English high school teacher for a very brief period of time. Yeah, I'm saying there's lots of, uh... Captain like, Kangaroo is not a, a giveaway. And, and, and this, we're not... Uh, this is not about me. This is about Missy <laughs> and what she watched. For all we know, she's an undertaker. We don't know her job, all if right? she is, that'd be pretty cool, actually. It would be awesome. I hope we're huge in the undertaking community. <laughs> and that would be weird. All right. So then there was Pamela. Uh, she said it was well known and that her kindergarten class acted it out for, and she says, uh, our parents. Uh, our parents. She said teacher. She no, said no, teacher. No, no, no. She said our kindergarten class acted it out for our parents. She was oh, in the kindergarten. I, I thought the same thing. I thought the exact same thing as you. Right. I was like, oh, she's a teacher of kindergarten. No, when she was in kindergarten. Okay, but she was introduced to it by a teacher. Correct. Who could have been this a librarian. Is, this is absolutely true. <laughs> also, she said that they pronounce the t t t as tiz. So the um, so the monkeys say tiz, tiz, tiz. I'm not sure I'm on board with that. I take issue with her kindergarten teacher who told her to do it that way. It makes sense. It's quicker. So Sarah writes in. She had a bit of a longer, 
a longer message, partly because it was via email where the character length can be longer than uh, Twitter. Thus ends Betsy's instructions on the differences between email and Twitter. Thank you for educating <laughs> that, our masses. That was all, that was like a Betsy explaining. Yeah, we gonna, that uh, was a Betsy explain. That was a Betsy explain. Yeah. Uh, so she wrote in Sarah, and she said, "I may be part of a very small group, but my family and I have been caps for sale enthusiasts since I was very, very small." Ah, family, eh? So but much so, were her parents librarians or teachers? She does not say. She says that so much so that you monkeys you is a common phrase in my house for chastising mischief makers. <laughs> when Betsy said that only librarians knew of the book, I had to pause the podcast and call my mom to see why and how the book came into our lives. The book we own came to us via my grandmother, who was a teacher. Bada boom, so bada bang. maybe it's a librarian's and teacher's thing? Yeah. Either way, I now see it as fate that Caps came into my life as an early age, as if the library gods were pre-selecting me for this magical career even then. So she became a librarian. So maybe if you read it as a child, you become a librarian or a teacher later. Did you read it as a child? No. <laughs> I'm not there, saying it's the only reason you... No, I'm not saying the only reason you become a librarian. I do love that it's like, you're about to get your MLIS degree, and they're about to hand it to you, and then they're like, wait, 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 wait. wait. Did you read Caps for Sale as a child? No. Eh. Sorry. <sighs> Sorry, thanks for your money. Yeah, try law. <laughs> um, finally, uh, Josh uh, Funk wrote in. This is a lot of letters. This is a lot of letters. We I'm rarely so... have so many letters. This is great. I wish people wrote to us more. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. Write to us more. Um, there, that took care of it. <laughs> so Josh writes in. Now, Josh, if you might recall, uh, has written to us before. He was the one who actually suggested we do Berenstain Bears and the Bully. Mr. Funk is a genius. He is, and an author. He has some very delightful books. Uh, he has many books coming out right now. Um, the favorite one of my kids being It's Not Jack and the Beanstalk. They love it. Anyway, he says, sorry, Kate. Sorry, Kate. What? I loved this book as a child growing up. I outside... take back my genius comment. <laughs> it is revoked. <laughs> sorry, Josh. Uh, and Betsy, I have to disagree. See, yeah. That nobody but librarians know this book, as I was not as a five-year-old, nor have I ever been a librarian. Mm, he's not a teacher either, I don't believe. However... I hated reading it to my own kids. I've thought long and hard about the disparity in my feelings toward this book, and I think it has something to do with the hand and leg motions. As a child, it was fun to shake my fist, stomp my feet, and yell. However, just as I have no interest in driving bumper cars now that I can drive, I currently have far too many opportunities to shake, stomp, and yell. This conflict has even reached my subconscious, as I'm pretty sure I am the peddler. See every photo of me ever. I call it my grandpa cap, by the way. I also managed to get the monkeys from Caps for Sale into that NPL lion picture book. So he's got a picture book about the library lions of NYPL coming to life. Oh, cool. And walking around the library. It's out this year. It's very, very good. And uh, he actually has references to a pebble, which is from Sylvester, and a pie, Amelia Bedelia. So there you go. Huh. Uh, and he was very happy that we did a five for this book. Uh, he thinks it was the truly the perfect rating for caps for sale nice and then he goes on to uh compliment many of your suggestions for grown-up things we like uh including the good place uh american vandal uh seated some of round planet uh he loves king of tokyo have you ever recommended the game king of tokyo no 
Okay, maybe we need to start looking into that. He says they love King of Tokyo and they haven't worked their way up to Settlers of Catan yet. So King of Tokyo. I'm going to check that out. Yeah, you are going to have to check that out. Hey. So, anyway, thanks so much, folks. That was a lot of good feedback. We don't usually get so much feedback. We have to offer more challenges. I and feel like we had more letters to talk about than the book. We did, which is why I was actually <laughs> kind of glad we stopped the book when we did, because I was like, oh, good. Because I've got a ton of letters that I wanted to cover. So. Cool. Yeah, so grown-up things we like. Do you want to go first or you want me to? Oh, I can go first. Um, so remember Stephanie, the third sister? Yes, I'm. Well, turns out um, she's an author in her own right. In fact, she recently had a Publishers Weekly deal announced. Sterling bought her book, Something Wonderful, A Practical Guide to, backyard, to a Backyard Funeral, uh, which is what? going to be illustrated by George Ermos. Here's the... Uh, Here's the description of the book. The picture book is a humorous how-to that guides readers to the choice of a burial box, why it's rude to bury something alive, and grieving <laughs> the loss of a beloved pet. It's very rude. It's super rude. I love that choice of phrase. <laughs> it's out in fall of 2019. Uh, we never had backyard funerals, you and I. Uh, no. When animals died, it was either the fish. Which we flushed horrible, down the toilet. A horrible cannibalistic fish who deserved to be flushed down the toilet for their <laughs> evil, evil ways. I have such nightmares because of those fish. Oh, I hate fish so much. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Tangent. Um, or, they, or they died when I was in college. So, yeah. My, our cat and all that. So, we didn't really do the whole backyard funeral thing. But I know many people do. But she did a, an adult book. Stephanie did. Long before that. An adult book. That was in my library and that pertains to our very lives. I would like to introduce to you Suffering Succotash, a picky eater's quest to understand why we hate the foods we hate. It is about the scientific reasons why people are picky eaters and really comes down to the fact that we are not picky eaters because we refuse to try things, but because there are scientific reasons for why things taste bad to us. She has done more research on this thing than you would believe. Um, how does the gag reflex affect pickiness? I can tell you for a fact that if you feed me uh, creamed corn right now, I will throw up. Interesting. I will do it. Well, that's good to know. I used to do it, and boy, did it bug mom. Really? Yeah. She did not care for that. I could do it for peas, too. But peas, I sort of got over that, but never creamed corn. So I'm going to take this book, uh, which is called Suffering Succotash, and I'm going to read it cover to cover and justify... Every picky eating I've ever done. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. So that's my grown-up thing I like. How about you, man? So I'm on the Netflix, and the I Netflix. have discovered a new show. Well, I don't know how new it is. It's new to me. Mm -hmm. um, it's called The Great Interior Design Challenge. I don't know this. There's only one season on Netflix, and it's season three. Okay. Right there. I already <laughs> love it. Continue. And it's British. All right. So if you know the Great British Baking Show. I do. It's kind of along that same vein where you have a bunch of amateurs trying to do mm -hmm. something, competing against each other, but they're all very nice. Mm -hmm. um, and there's two judges, a male and a female. And what I like about the show is that the host of the show knows his architecture mm -hmm. very well. So every episode... Um, they do it in a different city in England. I guess you can say England. Sure. Uh, not Great Britain. It's not London. So, it's, yeah, England. We're going to go with that. And they talk about, he, he'll incorporate, like, he'll, he'll educate you on the architecture of that city that they're in. So they did an episode where they were in Bath. 
And so they... Oh, I've been there. Yeah, me too. Huh. And so he talks about how that architecture was influenced, and then they'll go back to the the, the challenge, that the, the competition that's going on. So it's not... They're not vicious against each other, and I've... I spent way too much money at Target after watching this show because I'm like, I can do this. <laughs> this isn't hard. That's why the shows are dangerous. Yeah. 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 This is why I don't watch things. But it's fun. It's like getting to watch other people do really creative things. With, they'll be like, okay, what can you do with this wire? Go. And so they have to come up with something. And it's it's a really kind of fun, quirky British show. Aw, what's the name of it again? The Great Interior Design Challenge. Also, they call painters decorators. Yes. Yes. But it's very British. Quite. 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 But it's lovely. Yes. 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 And on that note, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. <laughs> Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow Betsy on Twitter at Fuse8. That's Fuse and 8. E-I-G-H-T. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Givens Kime, and our man about town is Drew Atienza. Views 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird and does not reflect the views of School Library Journal.